Thanks for stopping by. I'm Corey Edwards, writer, director, comedian, dog walker. That's pretty much all my dog knows me as is the dog walker, the dog feeder and the dog walker. She has gotten uh, very cantankerous. She's too young of a dog to be this cantankerous. But she whines, she growls, she tells me what to do. Every Like if she sees me get my shoes on, she thinks she's going for a walk. And then she gets into this like old lady groan where she goes, Ugh. And I'm like, all right, all right, we'll go, we'll go. You know those bumper stickers that say, they got like a paw print on them, and they say, who rescued who? My bumper sticker probably says, uh, who's really telling who what to do? Who really owns who? Because I feel like kind of owned by my dog. She's like, get out there and walk me. Go! Um, But you know what? Different priorities, you know? That's that's one of the main highlights of my day. That's how I get exercise, is my dog forces me to get out and walk. I noticed that, you know, things that happen in my life, much different than in my 20s and 30s. And you know what? We're going to talk about the Oscars. We're going to talk about them, uh, because this is a movie and pop culture show. And I just started thinking about, wow, Vicky and I, we used to throw Oscar parties. And I don't mean just come on over and we'll turn the TV on. I mean, th- we had parties where we got a red carpet that we rolled out the front of our house that went all the way down to the street so people would park their cars, all our friends, and they would walk the red carpet. And then they'd come in, and then we rented this, like, giant... This was back in the days of those projection screen TVs. Like, you're not projecting it on a wall. It just looks like this this giant... Like, it's the size of a bunk bed, and it's like a screen on a box that you rent, and they, 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 we had these guys wheel it in. So it looked like a big movie screen kind of a thing. And then we uh, we rented extra chairs. We had like 100 people at our house and we're setting up chairs. I think we even had risers so that there was a second level. So people could kind of hang out, eat these, uh, you know, really high-end hors d'oeuvres we had on burner plates, you know. And they're sitting around and they're eating their hors d'oeuvres and people dressed up and we watched the Oscars. We even had two screening rooms. One where you could go and talk and eat and be noisy and then the other room for the serious people, where we are watching the Oscars, guys. And we are watching all the categories, and we are going to listen to the speeches, even the technical awards. So sit your butt down, or go to the talkie room. So we had these big Oscar parties. And, uh, you know, some of you people that are listening, you're my friends, you, you know what I'm talking about. Big Oscar parties. And um, now I just, you know... Things, things go on in your life, and you other things are more important, I gotta say. I love the movies, but boy, having kids, having a family, uh, just doing other things, having a dog that insists on being walked every day or she will cry at you, you know, you just start thinking about other things. There was one year where I literally, it was one evening, I looked up and I said to Vicky, oh, wait a minute, are the Oscars on tonight? She's like, I think so. Like, how far we have fallen? We not only don't have a red carpet in front of our house, we couldn't even remember if they were on. So, you know what? I'm trying to turn that ship around, especially if I've got a show like this, where we look at pop culture and movies and TV and we celebrate them. Um, I don't I don't really run down the trail of, of keeping track of who's got what awards. I don't. Uh, I used to be, with our Oscar party, we would pass out the papers where you check off the boxes, and we had a pool, and we all put our money in. 
And I've been a part of some office uh, environments where we do that. You have your office party. Maybe you guys are having an office party uh, when the Oscar time rolls around. Um, so we want you to be ready. We want you to be ready this time. Um, and I know that you are not hearing from anybody in the major pop culture channels when they're saying, well, it's Academy Awards time. It's Oscars time. Everybody's got their hot picks for the Oscars. That's going to come at the end of January and in February. But guess what we're doing for you guys? We're, we're starting early and because I've got Mr. Jeff Houston. And Jeff Houston, man, if anybody that I know on this planet that knows the Oscars and knows what films to watch for, it is Jeff Houston. So I, uh, I, I got him on my show. We're going to talk about this topic. I, I actually brought him on my show to talk about another topic. Uh, that is really fun that we're going to do on another week because we got into this discussion so deep that I said, hey, we need to feature an Oscars discussion and Oscar contender movies. So this isn't as long of a show. This is a segment from from an interview I did with Jeff, but we just kind of went down the Oscars rabbit hole. What would I call that? The Oscars hole? Ah, I don't want to call it that. That does not sound good. Uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Oscars, but not really the the awards ceremony. I'm not gonna talk about who slapped who last year. I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it because I might get slapped. You know what I mean? I don't know who's out there. Um, so, uh, but we're gonna talk about movies that um, as the fall rolls around and into winter, the, I, you're not thinking about the Oscars yet, but the movie studios are, and they are rolling out their high end kind of. Uh, more uh, think piece kind of films, uh, films that might require subtitles, films that are more introspective. Uh, they are Oscar contenders and the studios know it. They're like this, we're going to roll this out at the end of the year. And there are also some popular movies we're going to talk about that even though they're popular with the people, they might also be Oscar contenders because they're so good. So as I say, I don't like to chase awards or think about awards, but I want to honor the best of the best. And I want you guys to know if there's a great film out there and, and, and I will say that a lot of these um, awards darlings, they don't get a lot of the uh, big, big, big marketing that a Marvel movie does. So uh, Jeff's going to help us know about what those films are. Because as I say, um, you know, uh, different priorities take us different ways, and you may not be paying attention to this. I'll tell you uh, other priorities that happen now is, is just the way my kids and I interact. I, I will say this before we go on, because uh, it just happened uh, last week. It just occurred to me, wow, my kids are not little baby boys anymore. I have two boys, and I know you guys have met them on the show. But uh used to be that I could just tell them what was what. I could tell them what they could do and what they couldn't do, and they would accept my law. They would accept my word. And now everything is a debate because we had to send them to school and make them think for themselves. And now they are... They are too intelligent. They are now 13 and 15. And so let me give you an example. Like, uh, you know, if my uh, son Nate was three or four and he opened up the fridge, he opened up the freezer and he saw popsicles, he would say, Daddy, I see popsicles. And I would say, those popsicles aren't for you. And he might push me and go, they're not for me. I'm like, they're not for you today. They're for Saturday. Okay. And he'd go, okay. Well, now he's 13. So this happens last week. He opens the freezer door and he's like, hey, uh, dad, I couldn't help but notice there's some uh, popsicles in this freezer. And I'm like, yeah, good eye. You know, we, sometimes we're a little sarcastic with our kids now because they're old enough. They can take it. He's like, what, uh, what's the purpose of those popsicles? I said, I, you know what? We're, we're probably going to have them uh, over the weekend. This is a school night. Well, why can't we have them now? 
Look, I don't know. Maybe they're for dessert. Well, it's three o'clock in the afternoon right now. You can't have popsicles. Well, dad, isn't time arbitrary? I mean, isn't time just a construct that we've given to things? I mean, what's the difference if I have a popsicle now or if I have a popsicle at the end of the night or if I have a popsicle Saturday? It's the same popsicle. It's the same stomach. Look, I just said you can't have a popsicle. Can you accept it? And he's like, no, no, I can't. Uh, because I want to debate you on this popsicle issue. Uh, because uh, popsicles, what are they really? They're just sugar and water. And uh, don't you give us sugar in other foods? There's. Let's read the ingredients on this food you're going to feed me tonight. Oh, I just don't have the popsicle right now. So you see what I'm dealing with? I'm dealing with kids that I love to see grow up and mature and have new perspectives and debate me and bring up, they, they just try to see us lose book and they want to talk about it. But they're also debating me on freaking popsicles. And I don't need a popsicle debate, guys. I don't. But what I would like to do is hear about uh, films that might be important come Oscar time. So let's talk to Mr. Jeff Houston about that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Houston is Mr. Oscar. Like, just shy of uh, painting himself gold... Uh, in February, uh, you, you, I could, I could ask you any uh, award or even nominee of any of the years of the Oscars, and you would probably know it. Correct? Uh, that used to be correct, but I am fifty now, so the memory lapses a little bit uh, <laughs> when I try and reach way back there. But yeah, I mean, oftentimes the recall still good, but yeah, it'll, I can, you know. 1995 if i took a second i could probably think of all the best picture nominees and some of the acting nominees and all that so yeah well i, I know as we head into fall and head into the end of the year what what are the films that that maybe a lot of people who are going to see you know their 10th marvel movie might not know about <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah so i'm going to do like a very high overview so i'm going to list a lot of titles and not get in really into depth with too many but i just really want to ping people's radars if you are interested in staying up on the award season conversation, what movies are going to be talked about, and then ultimately what will likely receive Oscar nominations, or at least be in the hunt for those Oscar nominations, um, and you want to start watching those movies now, or you want to have them on your radar so that when they do come out in theaters, you seek them out, that's what this whole conversation is about and going through that list, those lists of movies that according to awards pundits are being talked about. There's buzz about in the industry about movies that could possibly get traction come award season and Oscar season. So I'm gonna break this down into three different categories. Uh, one is films that have already been released in 2022 and that are available to either stream or rent or you can access them right now at home. Then there's in theaters now, movies that are just opening right now uh, titles that you can seek out at your local movie theaters, and then other titles that are about to come out here in the next either days, weeks, or sometime between now and the end of the year. Great. Okay. So first of all, the first category is those uh, films that have already been released, available to rent. Um, this first one you've probably seen, but it is in the Oscar buzz conversation, Top Gun Maverick. Um, it is the biggest movie of the, yeah, it's the biggest movie of the year. And the reason, um, it's in the Oscar conversation right now is because it took a lot of people by surprise by how good it was. It wasn't just a reboot retread. 
there was real depth and meaning. And even though it sort of followed the basic Top Gun beats that you would expect, it really did it in a sincere way and in a mature way. And so it was not only had a ton of, not only was it successful at the box office, but it had high critical acclaim. And it could be that kind of thing where as Oscar voters are trying to think, man, we want one, we want representation of Hollywood. Top Gun Maverick could be one of those. Um, it is it is rare to have something so popular be in the Oscar race. I, I can't think of the last big yeah. one like that. Yeah, the the last really big film that had a nomination, best picture nomination, was Black Panther, and that was 2018, I think it was, or 20, okay. 2019, something like that. Or maybe it was yeah. 2017. It's the pandemic has me screwed up uh, in terms <laughs> of my yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so but usually blockbusters at that level they don't make the Oscar cut. Um, they certainly haven't for a long time anyway. This, you know, back in the day, and I mean like late 90s, you, you would get a Titanic. Or even in 2009, you'd get an Avatar. But that those kinds of movies rarely break through anymore. Like, you know, The Dark Knight, you know, movies like that that you would think would have a chance of getting in didn't. So this right. could. Right. Um, other, just to breeze through real quick, Elvis. If you haven't seen Elvis, it's great. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh, highly entertaining. And the thing that I loved about that movie was for as big Baz Luhrmann-y as it is, it also feels very intimate. And you actually really feel like you get an understanding of who Elvis was in the midst of all this uh, Luhrmann high art and high energy. Um, and then the other one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. This Ooh. is the small little indie movie that could, came out in the spring, actually went on to make over $100 million at the box office. The first A24 title to do that. A24 is a small independent distributor. Um, I was actually kind of mixed on it, and I won't get into the weeds of issues that I had with it. I wasn't as taken with it as most critics were, and certainly as a lot of audiences were. But um, I will say at the very least, it has Kihai Kwan, short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And uh, Michelle Yeoh. Kihai Kwan fan. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh, certainly she'll probably get a Best Actress nomination. Uh, Kihai Kwan's even uh, has a chance at a Supporting Actor nomination. But that movie is getting a lot of Oscar buzz and will likely be in the uh, award season conversation. Yeah. Uh, in theaters right now, uh, the following titles to look for and seek out are The Banshees of Innis Sheeran. Uh -huh. So this is Colin, Colin Farrell and um, I'm totally blanking. Brendan Gleeson, I believe, is his name. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan Gleeson. And it's written and directed by Martin McDonough, who has made, I really loved and admired his movie in Bruges. I was not a big fan of three billboards uh, uh, in Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I thought that was an overrated film and I didn't like it. Well, it's, it, this is that writer director, so I think he's hit and miss. Well, everybody seems to agree that. This one is a big hit. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, The Banshees of Anna Sharon is getting a lot of could be the best picture winner talk. This could get Colin Farrell a Best Actor Award. So um, there's just a lot of raves about it, and it just hit theaters, and it's going to continue to expand. So track that one down. Um, wow. Another movie, another movie called Tar, starring Kate Blanchett. Uh, this is directed by uh, Todd Field who is an acolyte and even studied uh, with Stanley Kubrick. Um, you might know previous films by him in the bedroom, uh, Little Children. 
they're independent films, but if you are in the indie film world and you're familiar with that history, you might recognize those titles. In the Bedroom was a 2001 Best Picture nominee. Um, this is an interesting one because uh, Tar, it, it's almost sort of a catfish type of biopic because if you watch it and didn't know any better, you'd think, oh, who is this female uh, classical music conductor that Kate Blanchett is, is playing? I never heard of her and this life is very fascinating. Well, it's actually a fictional character, even though it plays sort of like a straight biopic, but it, it's very artsy. And um, I would just say it's not easily accessible. Kate Blanchett's almost certain to get nominated for Best Actress, may even win Best Actress for this performance. The movie itself, it might also garner a Best Director nomination, a Best Picture nomination is a little bit, but might be a little bit uh, harder to get because it's not easily accessible like Best Picture nominees often tend to be, but Tar is another one. Um, and then it hasn't opened yet per the, uh, when we're recording right now, Corey, but just uh, starting tomorrow, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Because the original was nominated for Best Picture, there's a lot of hype around the sequel and the sequel lives up to the original. This again, sort of like Top Gun Maverick, could be the kind of blockbuster that voters say, hey, um, uh, we're going to give that a Best Picture nomination, and we want that to be a part of the representation of the best movies of this particular year. Yeah. So, um, and I'm guessing uh, whoever's listening listening to this will probably see that. And then finally, um, here are movies that are coming up. And there's quite a few, so I'll kind of rush through them. But again, to ping your radar, coming to Netflix, but also uh, a limited theatrical release. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, yes, stop motion animated movie. And this, uh, in the previous screenings and some of the early Academy screenings, this is getting a lot of best picture buzz, not just best animated film Oscar buzz. Um, this is being very heavily talked about. The hype on it is so far is real, and I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, and even though del Toro for me is a hit and miss filmmaker, director. I love some of his films and some of his other films, even the plain ones I just have issues with, but I'm always intrigued by what he's making and what he's telling. And again, the hype on this one is big so, uh, at a best picture level. Uh, Babylon, this is the latest film from the La La Land director, Damien Chazelle. Um, it looks to be a hard R living up to its title, Babylon, <laughs> uh, about the early days of Hollywood, when Hollywood transitioned from silent films to talkies, it stars Brad Pitt um, uh, and uh, Margot Robbie, and then a whole other cast of people, uh, including a newcomer that I don't know the name of. Um, anyway, Damien Chazelle, La La Land, Oscar winner, at least best director, uh, before the best picture fake out that night. Um, uh, so that's his latest title. There's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. So the Knives Out sequel that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be mostly on Netflix starting December 23rd, but it's going to get a one week release in theaters uh, Thanksgiving week. So I think the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is when it opens and then it'll play for seven days in theaters on a brief run before it opens at the end of December, I think December 23rd on Netflix. I loved Nights Out. And so I'm looking forward to this. And again, it went on the fall festival circuit, had a lot of buzz around it. Yeah, um, and I, I will just jump in here and say uh, next week, uh, Sean Gaffney and I are going to break down Knives Out scene by scene and go through the whole movie and just kind of dedicate perfect. kind of a love letter to it next week. So 
is such a sharply written film with uh, some real pathos to it that I wasn't expecting. You know, I was expecting just a really smart sort of Agatha Christie type of movie, which it is. But uh, there's some real nice character work in that film as well. Yeah. Um, there's here's a uh, a group of titles are all basically filmmakers doing their personal memoirs. So this trend started recently with Alfonso Cuaron when he made Roma and then Kenneth Branagh when he made Belfast, basically looking back to their childhood and sort of either telling uh, not literally their personal stories, but something that's semi-autobiographical and fictionalized, but it really reflects their youth, their growing up, their experiences. And so the first of that group is by far the biggest. It's called The Fablemans. That's from Steven Spielberg. And so it's not the Spielbergs, but it might as well be called the Spielbergs because that's really what this film is about. Uh, Steven, a young boy, even though it's fictionalized, growing up in Arizona, I believe it is, and just how he came to love movies, but also it's about his relationship with his parents um, and the conflicts between his, his mom and dad. And, and it's gotten a lot of, as you would expect, rave reviews on the festival circuit. Yeah. Another film called Empire of Light, uh, and this is from Sam Mendes. And again, um, this goes not so much to his childhood, but back into the 80s and uh, uh, how his love for cinema evolved from there. This is less semi-autobiographical, but it pulls from a lot of that era. There really, I don't think, is a surrogate for him in the film, but it has been described as something that is really goes back to when he fell in love with uh, film and why and the experiences related to that. And that's called Empire of Light. Then there's also Armageddon Time from director James Gray. People are less familiar with James Gray unless you're really a, a film aficionado. Uh, Ad Astra, uh, The Immigrant, Velocity of Z are some of his more recent films. Uh, he's an excellent filmmaker. And Armageddon Time is the name of his uh, fictionalized memoir. Um, that uh, is getting some good reviews as well. And then finally, uh, Alejandro Inuritu, the director of Birdman and The Revenant, has his, his uh, semi-autobiographical memoir called Bardo, uh, or as he is, uh, he can tend to be a little pretentious. Uh, the full title of it is Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Um, wow, try, so try putting that on the marquee, huh? Right, right. Uh, that is another Netflix release, but it's also going to get a limited theatrical release as well. So there's your uh, semi-autobiographical fictionalized memoirs from big award-winning filmmakers. Three it's of them previous Oscar you, winners. It, that, thank you for running all those down. It's interesting that, that somebody wants to tell their life story, but then it's also fictionalized. I wonder why it's not mm -hmm. called the Spielbergs, just so that they can yeah. um, you know, have creative license with well, this was 10 years of my life and I want to tell it in one week or something. Yeah, something to that. Although with Spielberg, I mean, it starts with him as a little boy. And uh, I think the film opens with uh, the boy surrogate stand in for Spielberg going to see the greatest show on earth. And so it's about him. You know, that's the movie he fell in love with as a kid. And um, and uh, I won't spoil it, but David Lynch is in the film. And it's a genius stroke of casting of who David Lynch plays. And if you're familiar with Spielberg's personal story, there's an anecdote from uh, from his life 
that uh, you'd be familiar with. I don't want to spoil it, but anyway, look for David Lynch in particular in The Fablemans and who he plays. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. And then just a couple other titles. Uh, the Whale, uh, starring Brendan Fraser from director Darren Aronofsky of uh, Requiem for a Dream, uh, The Wrestler, The Fountain, Mother, uh, Black Swan. Um, the Whale is based on a play about a morbidly obese man, about 600 pounds, who is basically struggling with life, but also struggling with having been uh, estranged from his daughter. And uh, Brendan Fraser has gotten universal raves. The film has been a little bit more polarizing, but still very well received on the festival circuit. And it's, it's an emotional ride from, uh, from what I hear. And that should be opening in December some, at some point. Uh, I think early December is when it starts to roll out. But uh, the teaser for that just dropped this past week. And so it's like just a minute long. And it doesn't really unpack the plot that much, but it really gives you a sense of what the film wants you to feel when you see it. So The Whale starring Brendan Fraser, who's probably at the head of the best Oscar race with Colin Farrell in the, at this early stage, uh, that's worth seeking out. And then finally, maybe the other major film that has a, a strong, an outside chance, but strong outside chance of being a Best Picture nominee is a film called Women Talking. It's from, it's directed by Sarah Polly, the actress who has also become a director and she's directed four feature films before this. And it has an all female ensemble cast that includes Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, and Frances McDormand. And it's set, I believe, in the 1800s, maybe it's early 1900s. And it's basically about a group of Mennonite women as they talk about uh, the uh, forced sexual abuse uh, that they face in their community. So it's sort of a uh, Me Too sort of topical theme, but set at a different time in a very specific culture. And again, has gotten uh, some very strong reviews on the festival circuit, particularly for that ensemble. Rooney Mara and Jesse Buckley in particular are said to be the standouts. So those are the movies that, uh, I, again, I'd ping your radar with, and maybe the top five of those, like, oh man, that's a lot to choose from. Which one should I really seek out since I probably won't see all of them? The ones that are uh, getting the strongest kind of overall Oscar buzz are The Banshees of Inishirin, the Fablemans, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is coming to Netflix. So that'll be an easy one to get. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and The Whale. Those are probably the top five. And then the other ones that are right in the mix there will be Tar, Elvis, Babylon, Glass Onion, A Night's Out, Mystery, and Women Talking. It's a really great collection of uh, interesting films at the end of the year. I think I've been disappointed that some years, like, well, I guess I'll watch some of these. But almost all of those, I'm pretty excited to check out if I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, you know, guys, it, you, now you've got your checklist. You don't have to go to the Oscar party scratching your head or going, I saw two of these. You can start now. And maybe you're a contender for your uh, uh, office Oscar pool. All right, man. Thank all you right, again. Man. This was awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that's it. That's our show for this week. Uh, do you feel a little smarter? Do you feel a little more cultured? 
Do you feel like when it comes Oscar time and your boss, your colleague is walking around with that little sheet with the Oscar checklist on it, you're going to be like, "Hmm, you know what? I've done my homework. I've seen some of these films. I actually know what these short films are. <laughs> you know, we, we need to have a whole uh, hour about short, the short films for Oscars. Those are hard to find. But, but I, I just hope that you have gotten a, a nice menu to have a big meal of movies over the next couple of months that are, you know, probably pretty good stuff. And you will feel like, uh, you know, maybe you have more investment in the Oscars when they when they come up. And you know, when we're a few weeks away, maybe a week away from the Oscars, maybe we'll have Mr. Houston on again and he can really give us his picks. Uh, so you can really win that Oscar pool. Um, I also wanted to remind you of some things. I do have a stand-up comedy special. You can find it on drybarcomedy.com or the Dry Bar Comedy app. And you can get their monthly service and get a month for free with my promo code, Corey Comedy. That's C-O-R-Y-C-O-M-E-D-Y. And you will get a free month of their service. Or you can just rent my special uh, for dirt cheap. It's like just a few bucks. And you can check out what I do in stand-up. And if you want to see me live doing stand-up, um, I will say uh, that you can also go to coreyedwards.com and there's an email link there to contact me if you want me for speaking or stand-up engagements. I do make myself available. Uh, well, that's all we got for this week. I hope you have a creative week. I hope you have a good week until we see you again soon. I am... And have always been, and will continue to be, Corey Edwards. Thanks for stopping by.